Chapter 22, Part 1 of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melchior Raywood. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Section number 50. Chapter 22. Igneous Causes. Changes of the inorganic world, continued, igneous causes, division of the subject, distinct volcanic regions, region of the Andes system of volcanoes extending from the Aleutian Isles to Molokka and Sunda Islands, Polynesian archipelago, volcanic region extending from Central Asia to the Azores, Tradition of deluges on the shores of the Bosphorus, Hellespont, and Grecian Isles. Periodical alternation of earthquakes in Syria and southern Italy-western limits of the European region. Earthquakes rarer and more feeble as we recede from the centres of volcanic action. Extinct volcanoes not to be included in lines of active vents. We have hitherto considered the changes wrought since the times of history and tradition by the continued action of aqueous causes on the Earth's surface, and we have next to examine those resulting from igneous agency. As the rivers and springs on the land, and the tides and currents in the sea, have with some slight modifications been fixed and constant to certain localities from the earliest periods of which we have any records, so the volcano and the earthquake have, with few exceptions, continued during the same lapse of time to disturb the same regions. But as there are signs on almost every part of our continent of great power having been exerted by running water on the surface of the land, and by waves, tides and currents on cliffs bordering the sea, where in modern times no rivers have excavated and no waves or tidal currents undermined, so we find signs of volcanic vents and violent subterranean movements in places where the action of fire or internal heat has long been dormant. We can explain why the intensity of the force of aqueous causes should be developed in succession in different districts. Currents, for example, tides and the waves of the sea cannot destroy coasts, shape out or split up estuaries, break through isthmuses and annihilate islands, form shoals in one place and remove them from another, without the direction and the position of their destroying and transporting power becoming transferred to new localities. Neither can the relative levels of the Earth's crusts above and beneath the waters vary from time to time, as they are admitted to have varied at former periods, as it will be demonstrated that they still do without the continents being, in the course of ages, modified and even entirely altered in their external configuration. Such events must clearly be accompanied by a complete change in the volume, velocity and direction of the streams and land floods to which certain regions give passage. That we should find, therefore, cliffs where the sea once committed ravages and from which it has now retired, Estuaries where the high tides once rose, but which are now dried up. Valleys hallowed out by water where no streams now flow is no more than we should expect. These and similar phenomena are the necessary consequences of physical causes now in operation.
And if there be no instability in the laws of nature, similar fluctuations must recur again and again in time to come. But however natural it may be that the force of running water in numerous valleys and of tides and currents in many tracts of the sea should now be spent, it is by no means so easy to explain why the violence of the earthquake and the fire of the volcano should also have become locally extinct at successive periods. We can look back to the time when the marine strata, whereon the great mass of Etna rests, had no existence and that the time is extremely modern in the Earth's history. This alone affords ground for anticipating that the eruptions of Etna will one day cease. Nec gai surferis ardet fornacibus etna ignea semper erit, neque enim fuit ignea semper. Ovid metam, lib. 15 to 340. Are the memorable words which were put into the mouth of Pythagoras by the Roman poet, and they are followed by speculations as to the cause of volcanic vents shifting their positions. Whatever doubts the philosopher expresses, as to the nature of these causes, it is assumed as incontrovertible that the points of eruption will hereafter vary because they have formerly done so, a principle of reasoning which I have endeavoured to show in former chapters has been too much set at naught by some of the earlier schools of geology, which refused to conclude that the great revolutions in the earth's surface are now in progress or that they will take place hereafter, because they have often been repeated in former ages. Division of the subject Volcanic action may be defined to be the influence exerted by the heated interior of the earth on its external covering. If we adopt this definition without connecting it, as Humboldt has done with the theory of circular refrigeration or the cooling down of an original heated and fluid nucleus, we may then class under a general head all the subterranean phenomena, whether of volcanoes or earthquakes and those insensible movements of the land, by which, as will appear afterwards, large districts may be depressed or elevated, without convulsions. According to this view, I shall consider first the volcano, secondly, the earthquake, thirdly, the rising or sinking of the land in countries where there are no volcanoes or earthquakes, fourthly, the probable causes of the changes which, which result from subterranean agency. It is a very general opinion that earthquakes and volcanoes have a common origin, for both are confined to certain regions, although the subterranean movements are least violent in the immediate proximity of volcanic vents especially where the discharge of aeriform fluids and melted rock is made constantly from the same crater. But as there are particular regions to which both points of the eruption and the movements of great earthquakes are confined, I shall begin by tracing out the geographical boundaries of some of these that the reader may be aware of the magnificent scale on which the agency of subterranean fire is now simultaneously developed. Over the whole of the vast tracts alluded to, active volcanic vents are distributed at intervals, and most commonly arranged in a linear direction. Throughout the intermediate spaces, there is often abundant evidence that the subterranean fire is at work continuously, 
for the ground is convulsed from time to time by earthquakes. Gaseous vapors, especially carbonic acid gas, are disengaged plentifully from the soil. Springs often issue at a very high temperature, and their waters are usually impregnated with the same mineral matters as are discharged by volcanoes during eruptions. Volcanic Regions Region of the Andes One of these great regions, that of the Andes of South America, is one of the best defined, extending from the southward of Chile to the northward of Quito, from about latitude 43 degrees south to about 2 degrees north of the equator. In this range, however, comprehending 45 degrees of latitude, there is an alternation on a grand scale of districts of active with those of extinct volcanoes, or which, if not spent, have at least been dormant for the last three centuries. How long an interval of rest may entitle us to consider a volcano as entirely extinct is not easily determined, but we know that in Ischia there is intervened between two consecutive eruptions a pause of 17 centuries. And the discovery of America is an event far too recent to date to allow us to even conjecture with the different portions of the Andes, nearly the whole of which are subject to earthquakes, may not experience alternately a cessation and renewal of eruptions. The first line of active vents, which have been seen in eruption in the Andes, extends from latitude 43 degrees 28 minutes south, or from Yantales, opposite the Isle of Chiloe, to Coquimbo, in latitude 30 degrees south. To these 13 degrees of latitude succeed more than 8 degrees in which no recent volcanic eruptions have been observed. We then come to the volcanoes of Bolivia and Peru, reaching 6 degrees from south to north, or from latitude 21 degrees south to latitude 15 degrees south. Between the Peruvian volcanoes and those of Quito, another space intervenes of no less than 14 degrees of latitude said to be free from volcanic action so far as yet known. The volcanoes of Quito then succeed, beginning about 100 ge geographical miles south of the equator, and continuing for about 130 miles north of the line, when then occurs another undisturbed interval of more than 6 degrees of latitude, after which we arrive at the volcanoes of Guatemala, or Central America, north of the Isthmus of Panama. Having thus traced out the line from south to north, I may first state, in regard to the numerous events of Chile, that the volcanoes of Yantales and Osorno were in eruption during the great earthquake of 1835, at the same moment that the land was shaken in Chiloe and in some parts of the Chilean coast permanently upheaved. Whilst at Juan Fernandez, at the distance of no less than 720 geographical miles from Yantales, an eruption took place beneath the sea. Some of the volcanoes of Chile are of great height, as that of the Antuco, in latitude 37 degrees 40 minutes south, the summit of which is at least 16,000 feet above the sea. From the flanks of this volcano at a great height, immense currents of lava have issued, one of which flowed in the year 1828. This event is said to be an exception in the general rule, Few volcanoes in the Andes, and none of those in Quito, having been seen in modern times to pour out lava, but having merely ejected vapour 
or scoriae. Both the basaltic or augitic lavas and those of the felspathic class occur in Chile and other parts of the Andes. But the volcanic rocks of the felspathic family are said by von Buch to be generally not trachyte, but a rock which has been called andesite, or a mixture of augite and albite. The last mentioned mineral contains soda instead of the potash formed in common felspar. The volcano of Rancagua, latitude 34 degrees 15 minutes south, is said to be always throwing out ashes and vapours like stromboli, a proof of the permanently heated state of certain parts of the interior of the earth below. A year rarely passes in Chile without some slight shocks of earthquakes, and in certain districts not a month. Those shocks which come from the side of the ocean are the most violent, and the same is said to be the case in Peru. The town of Copiapo was laid waste by this terrible scourge in the years 1773, 1796 and 1819, or in both cases after regular intervals of 23 years. There have, however, been other shocks in that country in the periods intervening between the dates above mentioned, although probably all less severe, at least on the exact same side of Copiapo. The evidence against a regular recurrence of volcanic convulsions at stated periods is so strong as a general fact that we must be on our guard against attaching too much importance to a few striking but probably accidental coincidences. Among these last might be adduced the case of Lima, violently shaken by an earthquake on the 17th of June 1578, and again on the very same day, 1678, or the eruptions of Coseguina in the years 1709 and 1809, which are the only two recorded of that volcano previous to that of 1835. Of the permanent upheaval of land after earthquakes in Chile, I shall have occasion to speak in the next chapter, where it will also be seen that great shocks often coincide with eruptions, either submarine or from the cones of the Andes, showing the identity of the force which elevates continents with that which causes volcanic outbursts. The space between Chile and Peru, in which no volcanic action has been observed, is 160 nautical leagues from south to north. It is, however, as von Buch observes, that part of the Andes which is least known, being thinly peopled, and in some parts entirely desert. The volcanoes of Peru rise from a lofty platform to vast heights above the level of the sea, from 17,000 to 20,000 feet. The lava which has issued from Viejo, latitude 16 degrees 55 minutes south, accompanied by a pumice, is composed of a mixture of crystals of albitic felspar, hornblende, and mica, a rock which has been considered as one of the varieties of andesite. Some tremendous earthquakes which have visited Peru in modern times will be mentioned in a subsequent chapter. The volcanoes of Quito, occurring between the second degree of south and the third degree of north latitude, rise to vast elevations above the sea, many of them being between 14,000 and 18,000 feet high. The Indians of Licar have a tradition that the mountain called Laltar or Capac Urco, which means the chief, 
was once the highest of those near the equator, being higher than Chimborazo. But in the reign of Winia Abomata, before the discovery of America, a prodigious eruption took place, which lasted eight years and broke it down. The fragments of trachyte, says Monsieur Boussango, which once formed the conical summit of the celebrated mountain, are at this day spread over the plain. Cotopaxi is the most lofty of all the South African volcanoes which have been in, the, in a state of activity in modern times. Its height being 18,858 feet, and its eruptions have been more frequent and destructive than those of any other mountain. It is a perfect cone, usually covered with an enormous bed of snow, which has, however, been sometimes melted suddenly during an eruption, as in January 1803, for example, when the snows were dissolved in one night. Deluges are often caused in the Andes by the liquefaction of great masses of snow, and sometimes by the rending open during earthquakes of subterranean cavities filled with water. In these inundations, fine volcanic sand, loose stones and other materials which the water meets with in its descent are swept away, and a vast quantity of mud, called moya, is thus formed and carried down into the lower regions. Mud derived from this source descended in 1797 from the sides of Tunguagua in Quito and filled valleys a thousand feet wide to the depth of 600 feet, damming up rivers and causing lakes. In these currents and lakes of Moya, thousands of small fish are sometimes enveloped, which according to Humboldt have lived and multiplied in subterranean cavities. So a great quantity of these fish were ejected from the volcano of Imbaburu in 1691. That fevers with prevailed at the period were attributed to the effluvia arising from the putrid animal matter. In Quito, many important revolutions in the physical features of the country are said to have resulted within the, within the memory of man from the earthquakes by which it has been convulsed. Monsieur Boussangot declares his belief that if a full register had been kept of all the convulsions experienced here and in other populous districts of the Andes, it would be found that the trembling of the earth had been incessant. The frequency of the movement, he thinks, is not due to volcanic explosions, but to the continual falling in of masses of rock which have been fractured and upheaved in solid form at a comparatively recent epoch. But a longer series of observations will be requisite to confirm this opinion. According to the same author, the height of several mountains of the Andes has diminished in modern times. The great crest of Cordillera of the Andes is depressed at the Isthmus of Panama to a height of about 1,000 feet and at the lowest point of separation between the two seas near the Gulf of San Miguel, to 150 feet. What some geographers regard as a continuation of that chain in Central America lies to the east of a series of volcanoes, many of which are active in the provinces of Pasto, Propayan and Guatemala. Coseguina, on the south side of the Gulf of Fonesca, was in eruption in January 1835, and some of its ashes fell at Truxillo, on the shores of the Gulf of Mexico. 
What is still more remarkable, on the same day at Kingston in Jamaica, the same shower of ashes fell, having been carried by an upper countercurrent against the regular east wind, which was then blowing. Kingston is about 700 miles distant from Coseguina, and these ashes must have been more than four days in the air, having travelled 170 miles a day. Eight leagues to the southward of the crater, the ashes covered the ground to the depth of three yards and a half, destroying the woods and dwellings. Thousands of cattle perished, the bodies being in many instances one mass of scorched flesh. Deer and other wild animals sought the towns for protection. Many birds and quadrupeds were found suffocated in the ashes, and the neighbouring streams were strewed with dead fish. Such facts threw light on geological monuments, for in the ashes thrown out at remote periods from the volcanoes of Auvergne, now extinct, we find the bones and skeletons of lost species of quadrupeds. Mexico the great volcanic chain, after having thus pursued its course for several thousand miles from south to north, sends off a branch in a new direction in Mexico, in the parallel of the city of that name, and it prolonged in a great platform between the 18th and 22nd degrees of north latitude. Five active volcanoes transverse Mexico from west to east. Orizaba, Popocatpel, Jolulio and Colima. Jolulio, which is in the centre of the great platform, is no less than 120 miles from the nearest ocean. An important circumstance, showing that the proximity of the sea is not a necessary condition, although certainly a very general characteristic of the position of active volcanoes. The extraordinary eruption of this mountain in 1759 will be described in the sequel. If the line which connects these five vents be prolonged in a westerly direction, it cuts the volcanic group of islands called the Isles of Revillagigedo. To the north of Mexico, there are said to be three, or according to some five volcanoes in the peninsula of California, and a volcano is reported to have been in eruption in the northwest coast of America, near the Columbia River, latitude 45 degrees 37 minutes north. West Indies. To return to the Andes of Quito, von Buch inclines that to the belief that if we were better acquainted with the region to the east of Madalena, and with New Garanda and the Caracas, we might find the volcanic chain of the Andes to be connected with that of the West Indian or Caribbean islands. The truth of this conjecture has almost been set at rest by the eruption in 1848 of the volcano of Zamba in New Granada at the mouth of the river Madalena. Of the West Indian islands, there are two parallel series, the one to the west, which are all volcanic and which rise to the height of several thousand feet, the others to the east, for the most part composed of calcareous rocks and very low. In the former or volcanic series are Granada, St. Vincent, St. Lucia, Martinique, Dominica, Guadeloupe, Montserrat, Nivis, and St. Eustace. In the calcareous chain are Tobago, Barbados, Marigalante, Grande Terre, Destigare, Antigua, Barbadua, St. Bartholomew, and St. Martin. 
The most considerable eruptions in modern times have been those of St. Vincent. Great earthquakes have agitated St. Domenico, as will be seen in the 29th chapter. I have before mentioned, page 270, the violent earthquake which in 1812 convulsed the valley of Mississippi at New Madrid, for the space of 300 miles in length, of which more will be said in the 27th chapter. This happened exactly at the same time as the great earthquake of Caracas, so that it is possible that these two points are part of one subterranean volcanic region. The island of Jamaica, or the tract of the contiguous sea, has often experienced tremendous shocks, and these are frequent along the line extending from Jamaica to San Domenico and Puerto Rico. Thus, it will be seen that without taking account of the West Indian and Mexican branches, a linear train of volcanoes and tracts shaken by earthquakes may be traced from the island of Chiloe and opposite coast to Mexico, or even perhaps to the mouth of the Colombian River, a distance upon the whole as great from the pole to the equator. In regard to the western limits of the region, they lie deep beneath the waves of the Pacific, and must continue unknown to us. On the east they are not prolonged, except where they include the West Indian Islands to a great distance, for there seems to be no indications of volcanic disturbances in Buenos Aires, Brazil, and the United States of North America. End of chapter 22, part 1. Recording by Melchior Raywood.